Hi, you're listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Good morning and welcome to Hope Church. We're so glad you're here today. We're so thankful. Can we put our hands together for the worship this morning? I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God has allowed us to come and to worship with him together, for us to worship with God this morning. And uh, this week, God's kind of impressed this idea in my heart that we don't serve a distant God. We have a God that's right there with us, and he's right there when he's moving, and that he comes in and he fills our heart, and that, that, that feeling that you feel, that pounding in your chest, that's the Holy Spirit. We're so thankful uh, for him and for him moving in our church today. This is, this is his church. This is God's church. We're glad you're here today. Um, I have a few friends with me today. I want to introduce them for just a second. Um, uh, but Pastor Greg Lyons um, is, is in the house today, and I'm so thankful for him. And he's also brought with him uh, Pastor Darwin and all past, also Pastor Rain. And, and uh, those names don't mean anything to you guys, but um, they mean a lot to me. And Pastor Greg, when I launched the church, we launched Hope Church, Pastor Greg was the first person to ever give me a dollar. Literally, I, I announced it in Orlando Baptist Church just across the way, and at the, end of, at the end of our time together, every pastor walked away from me, but Pastor Greg walked straight to me. And because uh, when pastors are around, they're always asking for money. Come on, somebody. Not this church. Not this church. Just once a year. Heart for the house. Um, but I, I, Pastor Greg walked to me and reached in his pocket and gave me whatever was in his pocket, put it in my hand. I put it in my pocket. And I said, Diana, we've made it. Like, we're going we're gonna, to, every pastor's going to support us. If every pastor's like Pastor Greg, we're going to do fine. And, and, um, and Pastor Greg's the only pastor like Pastor Greg. And, um, but Pastor Greg has done incredible work around the world. And um, Pastor Rain's with him today and Pastor Darwin's here today. Uh, Greg and his team, they started a camp ministry that goes literally anywhere, almost anywhere in the world. And they do camps. And, um, and they're, they're even willing to come from, he's based out of the, he started in the Manila Philippines. His, his dad was a missionary there. He was a missionary there. They, they've had such an incredible legacy. They've invested in a lot of people, but they got to the place in Manila where they've seen so many people give their life to Christ, but now they're sending missionaries out of Manila around the world. They're literally sending them, they're sending them everywhere. And uh, if we don't do our job, they'll send one to Winter Garden. They don't care. These guys are, they're what I call savage missionaries. <laughs> they will send them, they will send them everywhere. I was telling Pastor Greg, I'm reading a book right now uh, called Gaining by Losing that, uh, that Gabe recommended to me. And, and uh, we don't, we, the, the, the church doesn't, the book, there was a phrase in the book that's kind of messed me up. It said this, the church does not send missionaries, the church are the missionaries. And they're sending missionaries all around the world. But let me share with you guys, they do these camps that are like camp on, on, on Red Bull. Like it's really, it's really incredible, but um, they're, they're going to Buddhist countries. They don't even care. They're going anywhere and everywhere, and so this, um, I just got this card um, from Pastor Darwin, and they've already shared the gospel. In the last four years, they've shared the gospel with over 105,000 people. Come on. <clears throat> You've never been to a Buddhist country. That's why you're clapping like that. You're like, yeah, good for them. They are going to, they're not going to where it's easy to reach. They're going to the hardest reach people, and, and they're seeing tens and tens of thousands of people give their life to Christ, missionaries surrendered, and so I'm so uh, thankful for them. Pastor Greg said to me, he's like, Pastor West, are you going to launch a church, another church? I said, I think we are. We're getting close. I think we're getting close to ready to reproduce ourselves. Because really, a church, a church is a mature church when they begin to reproduce itself. 
And I know I don't, I don't say that a lot here. That's probably the first time you ever heard that. But a mature church reproduces itself. But we don't necessarily, we haven't, we haven't sent any missionaries out. We haven't launched any churches out of here. But we have helped a lot of churches get started. And um, I told Pastor Greg, I said, you know, we, we've, we're helping churches all around the area. Uh, but there'll be a, come a point where we will cut off the fruit of this church and we will take it, a group of people, and we will launch it somewhere else. A, a life-giving church like this one around or near somewhere else. And so we're going to do that again. Um, and so I'm thankful for that. But um, Pastor Greg is here. There's three of them there. <laughs> There's three of them that are here today. And um, I told Pastor Greg, I said, we're going to get involved. And, and anytime Greg's ever mentioned, Pastor Greg's ever introduced me to a missionary, we've always supported them. It's just kind of what we do. He's just, it's like, it's like, it's just a given, right? When he introduced me to someone, because he gave to, to, to Diane and I, and that's why you're here today, because of them, we were just going to be a part of whatever we do. So when they leave today, we're going to give all of them $1,000. That's $3,000 we're going to give to them. If you guys are okay with that, can we put our hands together and let's thank God for what they're doing. <clears throat> they're, we're going to do more. And um, every missionary I've ever met, um, his daughter is a missionary in Springfield, Missouri. We partner with them on a monthly basis. And uh, they have another missionary uh, young lady. She does sports ministry and sports missions around the world. We've, we've supported them. And um, this, they're... When you, I, I feel like sometimes as a pastor, this is how I think. Um, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I'm going to anyways. Uh, when, when missionaries present themselves to me, I really feel like I'm on Shark Tank. <laughs> and what I've learned, I know you're like, and, and, some, and some money, it, it's, I, I, I'm, like, I'm like the guy in the middle, uh, Kevin O'Leary, the bald head. And uh, he said this, he goes, I want to I wanna pour resources on things that are going to grow. And make and, and they're and they're gonna go far. And what I've what I've what I've experienced thus far, uh, with Pastor uh, Greg and his team, it's it's always good investment with them. The 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 ROI with them, I don't know. There, there's a there's a lot of guys that we we pour into, but the ROI with uh, Pastor Greg and whatever it is that he's doing, is always good, is always good investment. Ephesians chapter four. I'm gonna preach today. This is week four of our series called One. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 through 6, the Bible says there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God, there's one Father over all, who is over all, and he's in all, and living in all. Do we all agree with that? Everybody say amen. amen. And we believe it as a church. And uh, that's just, whether or not you believe it or not, just go with it, because there, there is. And uh, that's what we believe as a church. And some people will email us and say, well, I don't see your doctrine statement. I don't see your doctrine statement over on your website. And um, I think our doctrine statement can be summed up in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5 through 6. We believe that there's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one God, there's one Father over all. He's over all, he's in all, and he's living through all. So we've gone through a few words this week. The first word we looked at was the word fight. Uh, we've been looking at a guy by the name of uh, David, a good example for you and I. But David, he, he fight, he was a fighter, and, um, and, and he fought for his faith, and we're in a battle. The Bible says the enemy's come to kill, steal, and destroy, but God's come to give us an abundant life. We're in a fight. There's a spiritual battle that we're fighting. The enemy is always after us. Every time there's an enemy after you, the Bible says that there's a, there's a host of angels that they're fighting with you. And so we learn to fight week one. Week two, we learn to fast. Come on, we're two weeks into it, 14 days. And I don't know how you fast or what you're fasting. Some of us are doing the Daniel fast. It's been 14 days. And, and I just sense that God's doing incredible things in our church because we're taking a moment and saying, God, we want to, we want to, we want to, we, we know you're here, we're new, you're, we know you're moving, and we're going to move out of the way, and we're going to let you do something that only you can do. And so we've got first-time fasters, uh, we've got second-time fasters, third-time fasters, but I want to encourage you today, if you're joining us for the first time, there's seven more days, fast something. Fast something. Just say, I'm going to take the next seven days, and I'm going I'm to take that thing I love the most. People ask me, they ask me this every year, and every year my answer is going to be the same. Well, Pastor West, when the fast is over, are you going back to coffee? 
I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> is Jesus the savior of the world? <laughs> you know? Um, when I used to ask, my, I don't know if my dad knows or not, he's on the front row, but whenever I used to ask my youth pastor questions that were the answer was yes, he would always say this to me. I would say, hey, uh, Pastor Brandon, you know, like, you think God's gonna do something incredible today in church? He's like, is your daddy black? He used to always ask me that. <laughs> and um, I guess I'm allowed to say it by your applause and you're laughing, so it went okay. I don't even know if he even knows that Pastor Brandon always said that, but we learned to fast last, we gotta fast. <laughs> what kind of church is this? A fun one. Last week we looked at the future, the future, and David said, God, your word is a lamp unto my feet. And yeah, I just believe that you ain't gonna get nowhere without God. We, we, I'm gonna read a lot of scripture over you today. I'm almost into the scripture. Just, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna read over you a whole chapter of scripture today because I just believe there's nothing greater than God's word. I don't have anything else to give you. Alpart, thank you so much. Apart from that and the Holy Spirit, that song should make you come alive, by the way, that pounding in your chest. Like, I'm so thankful for the, the Holy Spirit is living and he's moving inside of us. And I'm still thinking that he does that, but he also resides in his word. Last week we learned that God is the word. The word was with God. And ever since the very beginning, God was there. The word was there. It was in the word and it was around the word. And when you hold God's word, you actually can have the God in your hand. And I know that's bad theology because the Bible says that God holds the whole world in his hands. But you, act, you, get to hear, you get to hold the words of God. And we hold a lot of other words. We hold a lot of other um, we hold a lot of other, uh, we give the, the world a lot of weight into what we believe and what we think. To be really, really honest with you, some of us, our worldview is more worldview than is a biblical worldview. So whatever the world believes, that's what I believe. And we got to get to the place in our life where we believe what the Bible says. And so I want to give you God's word today. And David says, I don't know, what, David says, I don't really know what to tell you what to do, but you need God's word. That's what David said. <laughs> and if David said it, I believe it. And so, because it made it into God's word. But today I want to look at this word. This is the word for today. The word is freedom. The word is freedom. And I just believe this, that there's a lot of people that you can have a savior, but you can still be in chains. You can, you can, have, you can, have, a, you can have a shepherd, but you can, still be in, you can still be in bondage. And so we really want to help people be free on their journey. I want you to experience freedom. I want to experience freedom. The Bible says in John chapter 8, verse 36, a passage of scripture that we could all remember. The Bible says, so if the Son has set you free then you are truly free. I wanna, I wanna ask you today, are you, really, are you really free? The reality is that you and I, when we get to a point in our life that sometimes we, we get saved, but then we still have the bondage and, and we still have the chains, we still have the shackles, we, and we can't shake it for some reason. I saw this quote recently that embodies this idea and it is this. You wanna take a picture of it on the screen when it comes up there for you and or maybe write it down if you're old school, if you can write really fast. If you can write as fast as I talk, you'll be in good shape. An unhealthy identity will create unwise habits, and unwise habits reinforce unhealthy identity. Man, does that sit in your, I don't know if it sits in your soul. I, I was driving, I pulled over and wrote that down. I'm like, that hits. I don't like that. I, you know, sometimes when I say as a pastor, like, I don't know who that's for. I was in my truck going, I don't know who that's for, but it's for me. <laughs> you know, like, I'm just pulling, my, pulling the truck over, and I'm like, writing that. An unhealthy identity will create un, unwise habits, and and unwise habits, they reinforce the unhealthy identity. We're going to preach in February, and the, the up opening points really are, the whole message is really this. I'll give it to you. The first, the first message in February is this, is that you need to know who you are, and you need to know whose you are. We get these unhealthy, we get these unhealthy identity, and then everything snowballs, and then it just begins to reproduce itself. I meet so many unhealthy people. They're saved. They're unhealthy. They're saved, but they don't know who their identity is. 
They're saved, but they just, they're not fully discipled or they're not fully free. And it's our desire that everyone finds themselves in freedom. Really, really, truly free. There's a group sheet around you. There's a, there's a bunch of groups in there. And you ought to go to one. Like, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> it's for you. There's two kinds of people in our, in our church right now. There's, there's people who get in groups. Three kinds of people. There's people who will get in a group. There, will, there are people who will get in every group. And there's this third group of people who are like, I don't know who those groups are for, but they ain't for me. <laughs> That's for somebody else. You belong in a group. They're for you. The largest group season we've ever had, more group leaders than we've ever had because we're a growing church and we believe growing things, healthy things grow and we believe everyone should be in a group. I've, I've, the most freedom I've ever experienced in my faith journey has been in a group. I, uh, Justin um, and, and Kelsey lead a group. They set in my group, they went out and they led a group and they're, 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 they're life-giving people. You learn, you learn how to have freedom instead of a group and they bumped into this nice couple at the restaurant this past week, and like, and I saw them like, man, Justin and Kelsey, I'm so thankful for them. But I, if you talk to Justin and Kelsey when this tonight's when this morning's over, and when you walk outside, you talk to any of our group leaders, they'll tell you the most growth that happens for them. Unfortunately, it's not sunny mornings. It's very humbling for me to know that. <laughs> uh, it happens in the groups. The best part of our church, it's not the preaching ministry of our church. We have great communicators, and, and people speak life into us, and it's encouraging, and God's growing some more communicators, and, and all that's awesome. But nothing is, there's nothing more life-changing, um, God's Word, the Holy Spirit, than when you get inside of a group. Can I illustrate that for you today? David, David, our example, David and Goliath, I mean, Psalms 23, incredible, but his, his, his whole, his, he didn't have a winning streak. He took an L at some point. If you go through life, you're going to take an L eventually. David gets to the point, we see him fight. We see him be a shepherd, become a fighter, a warrior. He takes out Goliath. We see him become a king, but he allows sin to creep into his life. And then what I know about sin, this is a freebie for this is extra day, but sin will always take you farther than you wanted to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. It will cost you more than you're willing to pay every single time. When Pastor Greg and I get together, and every time we get together, it's inevitable. We will have known someone that just dabbled in a little bit of sin, and it just sucked them in. And David got to that point. You, the good news, hang tight. The very end of his life, God says that David's the man after God's own heart. Like God can redeem anything you've ever done. God can restore anything. He can resurrect. If he can resurrect, I, I told uh, someone recently on the live, but if God can resurrect his son from the dead in three days, he can do a lot with you in just a few minutes. So I, I want to encourage you today that David goes through a bad season of his life, but here's the redemptive part of the story. Psalms chapter 51. I want to read this over you today. I would like to do my best not to expound on all these passages, on this, all these verses. I would like to. <laughs> but I'm not going to. If I think about saying something that the Holy Spirit wants me to say, I'm going to say it. The Bible says in Psalms 51 verse 1, David says, have mercy on me, God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, God, would you blot out the stain of my sins? Would you wash me clean from my guilt? Would you purify me from sin? I don't have to ask the question today, but I know there's some people in here today that struggle with guilt and shame. And David knew that. 
and God did that, so he put it in there. At some point, I want to give you someone some hope today. At some point, guilt and shame will be a thing of the past for you. I, I can, I, I can, I've spent a lot of my life, a lot of my Christian journey, struggling through guilt and shame. We, we, it's a part of the journey. And what happens is you, it's because you keep on sinning. So you're like, dang. And then what happens is, well, i got to get saved again, Pastor Wes, because I keep on sinning. And then you get that part right, and then you move into guilt and shame. And like, well, i got to get saved again. And you have this tug of war. And there's going to come a moment in your life where God's going to, you're going you're to fight hard enough and the guilt and shame will begin to release. David's here. Wash me clean from my, my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned, God. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will, you will be proved right in what you say. And your judgment against me is right. And David, that, David's honest and transparent like that. I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb. Teach me the wisdom even there. He says in verse 7, purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. God has the power today to wash you from all of your, your sin and your shame. Oh, give me back the joy again. David used to write these beautiful songs, and David was like, I quit writing the song. God, I've, I've lost my joy. You've broken me. Now, now let me rejoice. I'm ready for my comeback story. I'm ready for the ninth inning. I'm ready for the comeback. I feel like I've been down. I've been down by 10 runs. I'm ready to come back. I'm down by two scores. God, I'm ready to come back. God, I'm, I'm ready to come back. Don't keep looking at my sin. Remove the stain from my guilt. He says it again. Verse 10 is a powerful passage of Scripture. You ought to memorize it. You can memorize all of Psalms 51 if you want to. The Bible says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a loyal spirit within me. David's like, I've been disloyal to you, God. We've all been there before. Verse 11 says, don't banish me from your presence. And I want to encourage you today that he won't. And don't let your Holy Spirit go away from me. I need your Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to rest on me like those words sing. Those words we sing. Restore to me the joy of my salvation. Restore, restore to me the joy of your salvation that you gave me. And make me willing to obey you. I want to be made to obey you. That sounds miserable. <laughs> God, make me obey you. I don't want to be obedient. God, make me be obedient to you and to your words. And verse, um, verse 12, restore to me. Then, I will, then teach me the ways. And then I will teach your ways to, verse 13, then I will teach your ways to rebels. And, and they will return to you. Like, God, if you can bring me back, God, I'm going to help bring other people back. That's what these young men are doing all around the world. God restored them, redeemed them. And now they want to take it to the most hardest reach people in the world. And I want to encourage you today. We are the... We are the missionaries. I'm reading this book. It's really messing me up. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna. It's a. It's a holy. It's a holy. It's a holy mess up. I, I really, really like it. But, but you and I. This church is not a cruise ship. It's a battleship. Well, man, this is comfortable. Look at the, the all the things. They like that song. That that that's that, all. I like all the things. Look at all these groups. And it's like, man, it's great. Those are just there to get you encouraged, inspired, and it sends you out on mission to bring people back in here with you. Or for you to lead them to Christ wherever it is that you're at. He says, if you redeem me, then I'll go redeem other people. Forgive me for the shedding, forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips. Some of you guys, your lips have been sealed. They used to be open, but you've allowed them to be sealed again, O Lord. That, he says, that my mouth may praise you. I want to praise you again, God. I, I can't even sing these words, God, because I have guilt and shame in my life. I want to be able to sing these words again. Verse 16, you do not desire sacrifice, or I would offer one. You don't want a bird offering. I want to encourage someone to say, you don't have to sacrifice yourself. The Bible says in verse 70, the sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. 
Look with favor on Zion and help her. Rebuke the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will be pleased with the sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. I left that last part of the screen because that just made things more complicated for some of you guys. Like, I'm not sacrificing a bull, Pastor Wes. <laughs> Maybe you should. <laughs> I won't fast, Pastor Wes, but I'll sacrifice a bull. <laughs> David's like, God, I need some help. I just need, I need some help. I, I need some I need some, some freedom. I want to give you three things this morning that I, that I found in this passage of Scripture and that I found in life and about this idea of freedom. And, and here's the first one, that freedom happens inside of community. It, it's, it's, it, it's where it happens. Can I, I, and I know you might be like, well, man, that, that sounds good. I've heard you say that before, but can I just, if, if you don't take my word for it, could you just take Jesus' word for it? James chapter 5, verse 16, he says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be free or healed. You, we got to get together. You're not, you're, you're not going to confess your sins to a stranger. That's just free today, okay? <laughs> but you will to someone that you're in community with. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm in relationship with, with a handful of you guys beyond the Sunday morning gathering, and I will, I will, I will get in a group, and, and my men's group, and the, the men's group that I go to, a lot of them will tell you, man, I, I, you think I'm transparent here, Try being with me at Cracker Barrel at 7 a.m. A little bit disoriented at 7 a.m. So I see all kinds. Of, <laughs> I I will share things at that table that I that I that I that I wouldn't share maybe up here, and because I just know that healing happens inside of community, freedom happens inside of community. So that's that's what I'm saying to you today. That's what the scripture says to you. And I, I want to show you a video of some other people and what they think about about community and or community groups. Hi, my name is Peyton Giesebel, and I've been coming to Hope Church for six months. Hi, my name is Melissa. I've been coming to Hope Church for about two and a half, three years. <laughs> Hi, uh, my name is Gary Jacoba. Uh, I found Hope Church about, uh, I guess I would say probably about four months ago. My name is Craig Topko, and I've been coming to Hope Church for about two years, a little over two years. Oh, yeah. We'll go with that. Still fix this. I'm Chris and Tara Romano. And we've been coming to Hope Church for seven months now. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm Matthew. I've been coming to Hope Church for about two and a half years now. Hi, my name is Brianna Gisabel. I've been at Hope Church since August. One of the main reasons I signed up for a community group was because I wanted to meet people who shared the same values and beliefs that I did. There would be days where you get home from work and I was just empty and I was running on fumes, but God told me, no, you're gonna go and I am going to fill your cup and he was not lying. First couple of days after I looked into Hope, I realized that they had the community groups and I was very, I was happy to see that. That's something that I felt that has been lacking in my life is that face-to-face, -face, that group fellowship, that small group meeting and that atmosphere. I was a group leader with Chantel, my wife, and we led Freedom Group. Uh, and it was an awesome time to get together with uh, church family and, and uh, go through the Freedom Curriculum. I was a part of the Mommy and Me, and that was with Ashley. I walked in the door and it was actually so awesome and it was refreshing and it was fun that Ari had people to play with. I knew that I needed people around me, people who were on fire for God just as much as I wanted to be. And I knew that, that I needed that to, to continue to grow and to continue to learn new things about my faith. I signed up for a community group because I wanted to get involved with um, 
the church. I've been wanting to do that for a long time now. One of the biggest things I learned from going to community group was how to trust in the Lord and his plans for my life and how to be obedient. And it turned out to be such an amazing blessing. I met so many awesome people and it's very different co-hosting and being in a group. Both are amazing. Um, it, it broadened my knowledge of how the word of the scripture can be applied to your life, how that carries forward through uh, real life experiences. There's vulnerability and you talk through uh, things that are going on in your life and you openly share and it's almost that uh, moment you realize that you are family and, and close friends. It's that kind of coming over the, the hill to that and you realize that uh, you have a lot in common. Those relationships that I had built um, now carry on, you know, beyond the community group. Uh, we will we'll text each other, so we'll call each other. I met a couple guys for coffee. My favorite part of the community group was being able to do life together with everybody that I was there with, being able to talk to people um, in a real way, because sometimes that's not always possible. Um, it's been a blessing to, to be able to come into this church family um, with, with uh, welcome and open arms. They're there to encourage me and support me, um, and they've just become some of my closest and dearest friends now. When signing up, I would look for something that works with your schedule, absolutely. And then just trusting in the Lord. It's not scary once you get there, and I promise you, you will find somebody that you get along with. You see them on Sundays, and it just makes the church feel even smaller. I would encourage you to at least give it a try because you don't know what can come out of it. One of the really cool things about this whole experience is that the groups that we were a part of, uh, that we are now actually becoming community group leaders of. Well, I know one thing is that I'm gonna enjoy every minute of it and... Um... Come on, let's put our hands together for that video. <clears throat> All those people agree that freedom happens in community. I want to give you two more things this morning. Freedom takes a lot of work. Freedom takes a lot of work. It ain't easy. It's not like, oh, I'm going to be free tomorrow. It takes a lot of work. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, And dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard so that the results of your salvation, work hard, so, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. You gotta put the work in. He says, I mean, you're, it's gonna, community takes work. Freedom takes a lot of work. And then here's the last thing. Freedom won't happen without the Holy Spirit. I don't want anybody to think, man, boy, I'm just gonna get in a group. My, I'm just gonna be free. It's gonna be amazing. And there is not a greater agent of change than the Holy Spirit. So I don't want you to think, well, I don't want to get in a group. I'm never gonna have any freedom. You ought to get in a group. I don't have to say that anymore. You know, I'm gonna say it next week. But the point is, there's nothing like the Holy Spirit. Freedom won't happen without the Holy Spirit. Freedom won't happen without the Holy Spirit. The only way to have the Holy Spirit is to ask for salvation. With salvation comes the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, for the Lord is the Spirit. And wherever the Spirit is, the Lord is. And wherever the Lord is, there's freedom. So these these. These three things, they're right from God's word. Freedom happens in community. You just need some people telling you, hey, you got a blind spot right there. It happens in community. You're not gonna, you don't see your blind spots, but your community will. I sit with people all the time. I'm like, can I share with you something that you may not see? People sit with me and say, can I share something with you that you may not see? Gary came to our church brand new, and I sat with Gary, and Gary's like, hey, can I share something with you? I said, yeah, we're in a group together. It's a fair game. 
when I'm in the group, I'm not the pastor. I'm just in the group. It's amazing. And uh, to catch up with you, I'm like, thank you. His experience in God's word was able to help me. I'm so thankful for that. I've been in all these people that can be in, that have been in groups. They'll tell you, man, there is something when we happens when we all get together. They'll tell you that freedom takes a lot of work, and it does take a lot of work. But man, nothing happens outside of the Holy Spirit. Nothing happens out of the Holy Spirit. Can I invite you to stand to your feet? Would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? It would be it would be ridiculous of me today to tell you that freedom happens with the power of the Holy Spirit and me not give you an opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit into your life. And I just sense today in this room here today that, that maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't have that, but I, but I need that. I mean, if I need the Holy Spirit to be free, and that comes from, the, from Jesus, then man, Pastor Wes, I want that. Right now, you may feel a pounding in your chest. That's the Holy Spirit telling you, hey, this is your moment. I wonder if you're here today and you say, Pastor Wes, today's my day. I need to invite Jesus to be my, in my Savior. Why, why do I need a Savior, Pastor Wes? The Bible says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. It tells us that. Well, you're like, well, back me up a little bit further than that. Well, the Bible says that we've all sinned. Romans 3, 23 says, we've all sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 3, 23, we've all sinned. That's why you need that. Romans 6, 23 tells us there's, there's a wage for that sin. We've all sinned. There's a penalty for that sin. And the penalty is complete separation from God. And everyone's born with that complete separation from God. But not everyone, and not everyone closes the gap. Because the only way for the gap to be closed is through the cross. And the only way for you to have the cross in your life, is to have Jesus in your life, is for you to accept the free gift of salvation. Everyone's not born a child of God. But everyone has the opportunity to become a child of God. Right now, this is your moment. Pastor Wes, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I, 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 that part is clear for me. I, I want to believe today that he died on the cross for my sins. I want to believe that today. That's the Holy Spirit helping me to believe that. And then the Bible says you, once you believe, you've you got to confess your sins to God. You've got to commit your life to Jesus. We say it's as simple as A, B, C, admit you've done wrong. B, believe that he died on the cross and rose again. And then letter C, commit your life to him. Confess your sins to him. So all across the way, your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. If you're saying, Pastor West, today, I believe that. Say, I need, I need to be saved. Would you pray this prayer today right where you're at? Would you ask Jesus to save you today? I can't save you, but Jesus can. Would you just say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner today. I admit that I've done wrong. I believe today, Jesus, that you came and you died on the cross for my sins. And today, Jesus, I'm committing my life to you. I confess all my sins to you, God. Would you lead me? Would you guide me? Would you direct me? I'm yours, God. You, you can have me, God. Fill me up, God, with your Holy Spirit. I wonder why your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. I wonder if anybody would be so bold today for the very first time today, Pastor West, you'd say, I, I invited Jesus to be my Savior. And will you just slip your hand up real quick and say, Pastor West, today, for the very first time, I invited Jesus to save me of all my sins. Anybody got across the way today? Pastor West, I invited Jesus to be my Savior. The Bible says that today is the day of your salvation. If you invite, if, you invite, if you're online today watching, you gave your life to Christ today, you can get more information on the website, hopeintergarden.com, slash know God. We'd love to be able to connect with you and help you grow in your faith. Let me address a second group of people in here today while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. Some of you guys in here today, you need to be free. You just need to be free. I just, I spend time with you, I talk with you, and you just need to be free because we all need to be free. Every one of us needs to be free. 
and that will never happen apart from the Holy Spirit. While your heads are bowed and your eyes closed, would you just take a moment and would you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you where you need freedom at? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Would you just ask Him right where you are? Just say, Holy Spirit, I want to be free in every area of my life. Help me to do what it takes to get free. God, I know you saved me, but maybe I'm not surrendered. God, I know you saved me, but I'm still struggling with the same things. Just ask Him for freedom. The Bible says if you ask Him, if you knock, if you ask, if you look, you will find Him. He will answer and the door will be open. Let's take a moment. Let's just ask him today. God, would you just, would you just show me, God, where I need to be free? I don't want to be free, God. Just ask him today. Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.